Running a chiropractic clinic can be rewarding and stressful with the everyday ups and downs. Here at Relentless Weekly, we give you inspiration, motivation, and education to help you avoid the mistakes and make your practice what you want it to be. And now, here's your relentless host, Dr. Kelly Henry. Hey, docs. I want to welcome you to the Relentless Weekly podcast where we strive to inspire, motivate, and educate you to greater success. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Henry. Today, um, I am going to be solo. I won't be interviewing anybody, so hopefully you can enjoy this. I would like to talk about hiring, hiring great employees and keeping those great employees, and particularly four actions that I took in my practice to, again, hire really the cream of the crop and to especially keep those employees in the practice so we had a good team so they could help achieve more success with me in that practice, in that office. I've, uh, I've talked to many chiropractors and hiring and keeping good employees is one of the struggles that they have in running a business. And we could probably project that out on any small business at all. That's hiring great employees, keeping those employees is a struggle. Me personally, when I was in practice, that was the most difficult thing that I had to deal with, was dealing with employees and learning how to deal with them and learning how to hire properly. I could take care of patients all day in and out and never have a problem, enjoyed every second of it but wasn't so enjoyable when you know, when I'd hired bad employees and made mistakes and didn't uh, didn't do what I needed to do to keep those employees to train those employees to, to help them be an asset to the business and I'm sure you could say the same thing it took me a while it took me some training some coaching some learning to finally develop, develop a system to again hire and take care and train and keep these employees in my office so again that they were helping me instead of hindering the progress and the success of my practice we all know that employees are a necessity they're necessary they can either be your biggest asset or your greatest liability and that's the truth of the matter and it all depends on what you're doing to hire them and to train them and keep them in your office and again, helping them become an asset in the office. And that's, again, that's what I want to talk about today. Four strategies, four actions actions that I took in hiring and keeping great employees. Um, this isn't necessarily all the actions I took, uh, mainly just the four of the, in my opinion, the most important to get you over that hump so you hire great employees and keep them too. Hire and keep those great employees. So the first action that I took and this, this in my book is the most important. So if you don't learn anything else, you don't listen to the rest of the podcast, at least take note of this action and this principle. And that is to hire attitude because you can train the skill. You've probably heard that before, but if you haven't, take special note of that. Hire attitude and train the skill. This concept saved me from hiring so many of the wrong people through the years. And it took me a while before I ever came, came across this principle. You can't train attitude. 
You can try, but you will fail. If you have someone that is skilled, that is, the resume looks great, they interview great, but their attitude is maybe a little on the negative side. They aren't super enthusiastic. They're kind of mellow. They're kind of negative. They're just ho-hum. You shouldn't hire them. You should stay away from them. I would rather take the pay, the person that is marginal on their skills that maybe don't have the experience that you might want, but just has a fantastic, bubbly, enthusiastic, ready to go to work, ready to serve, ready to learn kind of attitude. You'll fare much better with them than the person that has a great resume, but their attitude is off. Again, you don't have to find the bubbliest person alive. You do need someone with a happy personality and the good attitude. Again, that happy, not over the top bubbly, but that happy, positive attitude, wanting to serve, ready to learn, ready to grow, ready to expand in your practice kind of attitude. Whatever attitude they start with in your office is where they'll stay or get worse. So it's, it's very difficult to make them better. So the, the good ones, the good attitudes, the bubbly attitudes, the, the friendly attitudes, they tend to get better, if not say the same. So again, that, that's what you want. The ones that are negative, that are not so bubbly, that have the wrong outlook, they are the ones that tend to get worse. So again, this is, this is a critical factor. Higher attitude and train the skill. You want comp competent employees, don't get me wrong. Um, so for the most part, the best you can, depending on your the area you practice in, if you can get a great attitude and someone that is super skilled at the position you're hired for, by all means, that's what you want to do, obviously. But if push comes to shove, and maybe you have a limited scope on who you can hire, maybe a smaller community, Always go for attitude and train the skill beyond that. If you're, uh, I personally would hire attitude over anything else. It's that important for me. And it was that important for me. Hire attitude first, train the skill. To me, you can't go wrong with this principle, with this philosophy. So remember that hire attitude, train the skill. The second action, the second principle is hire from your patient base. This is, was my preferred way of hiring. I really feel like you should too, for several reasons. You can't always do this, but it, it takes so much of the guesswork and the unknown out of the equation for hiring. You already know each other. You already have a relationship. So you, those initial walls and, and that initial getting to know each other, those unknowns are gone. So you don't have to worry about them. You've already overcome that. This, your staff knows them. So they're not, you're not bringing in somebody completely new, different, that the staff has to work around, start to get to know, be, excuse me, be cautious with and, and try to understand. They already know. They already have a relationship. 
And so they can go forward. And again, that wall, that obstacle has already been overcome. You like the patient's attitude. So if you're hiring it for attitude, you already know this patient. You know that they're, they have a good attitude. They're friendly. They come in ready for their adjustments. They understand the concept of chiropractic. And they're ready to get healthy. Well, if they already understand that, you already know their attitude. Well, they're going to be a huge proponent for what's going on in your office because they've already experienced chiropractic care. So you don't have to play that game where you're hiring somebody that's never been adjusted before, never experienced chiropractic, experienced chiropractic somewhere else. They're already an advocate for your office. So again, you have that working in your favor and their favor. Um, this can work very well for you. And so I'd highly recommend it if at all possible. Now, it wasn't 100% for myself in my office. You know, maybe 50% of the time I had patients that were readily available, you know, looking for a job with the right attitude and all of the criteria that I'm looking for. But again, if you can do this, you know, have your office staff brainstorm, start thinking of patients that are coming in that would fit the, the criteria that you'd want of your employees that they would feel comfortable, your employees would feel comfortable with work, uh, working with. Like I said, brainstorm, come up with a few names, present the question if they would like to be hired, and then go through the process of how you would normally with any new hire, uh, an application, a resume, and those type of things. But again, this is one of the one of the ways that you can overcome a lot of the unknowns by hiring from your database. The biggest issue in making sure that you sure that you let the patient employee know there's a difference between the doctor who's there to treat them and being their boss. The boss can be much more intense. We all know that. So there, there is a shift in mindset. This is probably the one drawback that you may you have to make sure that you are upfront with. And this patient who's now turned employee, that there's a different dynamic between the two of you. The doctor dynamic, doctor-patient dynamic is one of encouragement and serving and helping them regain their health and educating. One of doctor to employee, employee or employer to employee is one of rules and regulations not necessarily dictatorship. I'm not saying that and that you're, you know, you're dropping the hammer on the, on your employees because you should, uh, but they have to understand that it's a different relationship and make sure you set that up that you know, I'm going to have expectations. You know, when you're in this office, you're on my time, I'm paying you for a reason. So this is what needs to be done. This is how it needs to be done. And if it's not, then there's going to be issues. So make sure you make that distinction if you hire from your patient base. If they understand completely that there's a difference between the doctor-patient relationship and now the doctor-employer-employee relationship. All right, the third principle or action to not so much to hire, but to keep great employees. So you get that bubbly attitude. You get a great employee in. How do you keep them now? Well, you train them, you train them, and you keep training them. 
this is the key to keeping good employees. Training starts on day one and really should never stop throughout the course of their work, working relationship with you. And when I mean it starts day one, it should start day one. One of my biggest problems that took me years to, to uh, understand and realize and change was when I hired a new employee, I tried to be Mr. Nice Guy with them initially. And I didn't want to throw too much on them and just wanted them to you know, feel welcomed and, and put my kid gloves on with them, so to speak. The problem with that is when you don't lay proper expectations, when you don't train them immediately, very specifically, you get two, three weeks down the road and you're trying to help them understand and get up to speed of specifically what you want. Well, they start wondering where Mr. Nice Guy went. Why are we, why am I being Mr. Jerk now? And it creates a problem that they will have an attitude with because you've gone from Mr. Nice Guy, like I said, to Mr. Jerk, and they're going to resent that. So not that you need to be Mr. Jerk starting off, but you need to make sure you set the tone and train these employees starting minute one of their first day and then continue that throughout their relationship with you. Now, employees like to have clearly defined procedures to follow too. They don't like things to be up in the air. And so when you start off this way and you're letting them know, okay, we do things this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, every time, every day, every patient, every procedure, whatever the case may be, they like that. When things are, when things aren't, procedures aren't clearly defined, when expectations aren't clearly defined, when they're just winging it, or you're just winging it, then, then you try to correct them when you're winging it, when things haven't been clearly defined, this is something that will push them out the door. So you've got to be very, very careful with that. You want to have clearly defined expectations. You want to train them on procedures and processes that are clearly defined. There's step by step that the employees need to follow. They need to do things in a very certain way every time. And then continually train and do some correction with that. That will be good for them. They won't resent that. It's when you don't have your procedures clearly defined, when you don't have their role clearly defined. One day it's this thing and one next day it's that thing. And then you try to correct them on a moment to moment basis that creates confusion. It creates resentment. And that's one way to push good employees out the door. So be very, very careful. With them. You gotta make sure you train them. You train them on your procedures. Those procedures and processes are clearly defined. And they will appreciate that, uh, appreciate you for that. You, you must train the staff how to do exactly what you want and exactly when you want it done. Again, this goes back to the procedures, but be very specific, very, very specific to the point where maybe you need to show them and walk them through a 
new patient procedure or walk them through a whatever procedure you have and show them specifically what you want and say to them specifically what you want them to say. But again, the more exact you are, the more specific you are, the better they're going to like it and the less you're going to be frustrated. So again, when you're winging it, when things aren't clearly defined, again, it's going to create frustration on both ends of things for your employee and for yourself. In the office or your business, I'm saying it's your office and your clinic, you don't get what you expect. You get what you expect. You can put out the expectations and train and expect your employees to do what you tell them to do. But you don't get what you expect until you inspect and make sure you are on top of what they're doing on a basically a daily basis. Not that you need to be hovering over them, not that you need to be micromanaging, but you need to be very aware of what they're doing. So when things aren't staying specific to what you would like them to be, you can make the corrections as you go. And that holds true for any of us. You know, when I was in practice and, and going through procedures. For whatever reason, I would forget to do a certain piece of a procedure or forget to say a certain thing during a report of finding or whatever the case may be. And that's where my coaching came into play. And they'd see that and remind me, hey, you need to start doing this again. And our employers are the same way. You know, it's not that they're purposely trying to not do what you say, but they'll forget and and lose focus or things will get away from them on occasion. And again, that's why you have to inspect on a regular basis. So that doesn't happen. Or if it does happen, that you're correcting it as quickly as possible. Make sure you clearly define what you want. We talked about this before in those procedures. Train the employees to do exactly that. Again, and then inspect periodically on if they are doing what you have presented them and what you have told them to do. So again, clear to find your procedures, train them to do exactly what you want them to do, and then inspect periodically. Now, periodically can be up to you. It can be every day, it can be every week, it can be every month. Depends on the employee, depends on the practice. But again, periodically needs to be fairly often. So again, if there's something that is askew, that's not doing, being done right, then you can get it corrected efficiently and quickly. Review often and then train and role play regularly. And that could be part of your inspection. But again, when you're training and role playing regularly and when you're not doing it viciously, when you're not doing it from a standpoint of a a dictator when you're doing it because you want them to be the best they can be and they understand that and you're trying to help them become more successful in their role in your practice so you can take care of more patients that bigger picture and that team mentality will help them want to learn and grow in their roles so when you're training and then role playing with them to bet, help them be better, to help them get more confident, to help them be more comfortable with what you're doing. Again, there won't be resentment there. You come from an attitude of you want them help. You want to help them get better so they can help you, so they can help serve more patients. So train, train, train. 
All righty. The fourth action or principle is to make your employees feel important. Everybody wants to feel important. You've got to remember this. And I hate to admit this, but for a long time on my practice, I was awesome at making my patients feel important. But I was terrible at making my employees feel important, giving them the recommendation, uh, making them feel important and helping them to understand that they're a team, that they're important to the office, make sure that they understand that um, I appreciated them. I did a terrible job of that. Finally, through research and coaching and reading, you know, I turned that corner, that light switch flipped on, and towards the end of my career in practice, I had the most fantastic employees that I ever had. One, because I knew how to hire correctly, but two, because I helped them feel important, and they were important because my success depended on them. And my patients were getting healthier because of them. So don't lose sight of this. You've got to make your employees feel important. Now there's gonna be times where they irritate you and aren't doing what you need them to do, late or whatever the case may be. That goes for anybody. That goes for any human being. We don't follow through on our expectations on occasion. But that can't stop you from helping these employees feel important, feel like they are part of the team and feel like you appreciate them. You've got to do that. The funny thing is, you do that on a regular basis, you, their attitude changes to they want to be at the office. They don't want to disappoint you. They don't want to be late. They don't want to not do what you say. And so a lot of that clears up as they have a better attitude because they know that you are there for them and that you appreciate them and that you um, feel like they are a very vital piece of your practice. So there's a few things that really can help you make your patients feel important. First thing is compliment them four times as much as you correct them. Compliment them four times as much as you correct them. And we all need correction from time to time. That's just something that, uh, that happens. But I guarantee your employees are doing a lot of good things. And your job is to find and see them doing these good things. Listen to them when they're talking to patients. Listen to them when they're on the phone. Watch them as they're organizing your office. Watch them as they're you know, making things better for you and compliment them on it and do it on a regular basis. Do it so, again, they know that they're doing a good job. They know that uh, you appreciate their work and you are making it known. So make sure you're looking for those things that they're doing good. Compliment them way more than you have to correct them. And there'll be correction. It's just the way things go. But I guarantee there's a lot more good going on than what you're going to need to correct them for. So keep that in mind and make that 
take, take that and put that in your mind and, and start thinking about that and have that attitude that they are doing a lot more good than they are not. When you take that attitude and start seeing the good they're doing, it's going to change the whole dynamic of that relationship you have with those employee, and it can quite possibly change the whole dynamic of your, of your practice. Second thing is always praise in public and correct in private. Another key component. You find your employees doing something good, praise them in front of the other ones. And do not play favorites either. Now, you may have a favorite, but do not compliment one way more than you do the other employees if you have multiple employees. Make sure you're distributing your compliments equally. But make sure you're doing that in public for them to hear and even do it in front of the patients. You know, patients can hear. Um, just, it's a boost of ego. It's a boost of morale. Put a smile on their face. Make them feel important. Increase their self-worth. They can't do anything but come back to help you in your practice. And that's not the reason you do it. But I guarantee it's not going to hurt anything when you're doing that to help your practice. And if you have something to correct them on, Take them into your office. Take them into a private area. Don't ever do a correction out of anger. You know, if you're angry because something happened, something didn't go right, something Ellie didn't do something right, do not correct them then. You know, wait five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, hour. Wait till the next day, where things are calmed down. You've had a chance to process the information. Then take them aside, away from the other employees. Take just a few minutes to go through it. Here's what I, here's the expectations. Here's what happened. Let's make sure it's make a correction. Um, and then go forward with that. Nobody likes to be chastised in front of, chastised in front of other people. So be very careful with that. You know, that is one way, again, to set that resentment up. You do that again, you're basically pushing them right out the door. So be very, very careful with that. Last thing is to find something to compliment your employees on every day. And again, you know, I mentioned the four times, compliment four times as much as you correct. But when you're complimenting, when you're finding them doing something every day, right? Again, that makes a difference. Now, you don't want to do it so much that it you know, becomes necessarily just habitual for you or them. But again, you want to do it enough where they understand what they're doing is important and they're doing a great job and they'll want to continue to do that great job for you. So there's a fine line there, but like I said, I, I try to do it every day, something every day, all the employees were doing right. Let them know about it. And again, they, they will love you for that. Um, and it builds that relationship where you're all working together. They're not just there collecting a paycheck, just going through the motions and trying to get through another day to get to the weekend. They're going to be there because they enjoy being there, because they enjoy working for you, because they enjoy taking care of the patients. They enjoy what they're seeing through the miracles of chiropractic care. And again, that's where they become a huge asset for your office and for you, where it'll take the stress off of you, where you can focus on taking care of your patients where you want to focus and treating them and serving them and changing their lives through chiropractic care. 
So it's, it's that important. So just to recap, the four actions, the four principles that, that you can take to make sure you're hiring the right employees and then keeping those employees in your office is to hire attitude first above anything else. Hire attitude. Now, if you get a good attitude and someone who is highly qualified, by all means, do that. But if you can't get somebody that's necessarily as qualified as you want, but they have a super attitude, I'd pull the trigger on hiring that person with a great attitude. Hire from your patient base, if at all possible. Again, because you know the patient, they know you, your staff knows them, they know about chiropractic, they understand chiropractic, and that can be, they can be an advocate for chiropractic in your office, and you hire them on. The only issue is make sure you make the distinction. If you hire that patient is to be very very uh, forward and, and letting them know that there's a difference between the doctor-patient relationship and the employer-employee relationship. The third thing to keep new uh, hires, new hires or keep employees in your office, the good ones in particular, is to train them and train them and train them and train them again. Keep training. Again, training st starts day one. Make sure you have good procedures and processes set up. You're not winging it. Um, make sure you're inspecting what you ex expect. And again, those employees will benefit from that, but also they will respect you for having those procedures and training them properly, making sure they're staying on task. And the last thing is make sure you compliment four times as much as you criticize. Compliment, compliment, compliment. Praise in public, correct in, in private, and then try to find something every day to compliment your employees um, that they're doing. Again, don't be careful and don't make it routine. Um, don't make it so common commonplace. You may not want to do it every day. I try to do it every day. You don't necessarily have to do that, but you want to do it on a regular basis. So again, they feel like they are important to you, to your office, it breaks down that resentment and they'll have the attitude of they want to be there to help you serve, build the office, change lives for the better through chiropractic care. Again, employees can be the best thing or the worst thing in your office or business. You just have to be disciplined and dedicated to hiring the right employees and then doing the things to keep them. So hopefully uh, you got some information out of this. I appreciate you listening to the podcast today. As always, I want you to have a fantastic day. You can find Relentless Weekly on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Send this to your, your friends, your colleagues, so they can listen. I would greatly appreciate that. Docs, if you're stuck in practice, don't know where to go, don't know where to turn, having trouble growing, you know there's so much more that you could do, but you just don't know how to get there. You need to go to my website. Um, there's a, there's a button on the landing page that says schedule a, a power strategy call, click on that button, schedule a call with me. It's a 30 minute call. It's a free call. Let's talk about what's going on with your office. Let's talk about the holes that you may have. Let's talk about some strategies to fill those holes. We can talk about if we're a fit to work together as far as coaching 
and help you change your practice for the better to skyrocket your success so you can serve more patients and you can live the life that you dream. To do that, go to my website, click on the Empower Strategy call. Let's set up a call. Let's hop on a call and talk about what we can, what we can do to change your, your practice for the better. Again, thanks for listening. Have a fantastic day and keep being relentless in your pursuit of success. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Also, share it with your friends and colleagues. Head over to RelentlessCoachingSystems.com for more information and to see what Dr. Henry can do for you. Thanks for listening and keep being relentless.